Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. Google has never said that its job was to bring your website's traffic. It said its job was to help its users, right? Yep. Organize the world's information. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It it is not in the business of actually sending traffic to you. So if you look at the SERP, the search engine result page, Mm -hmm. it's being more helpful for its users where content that, uh, you know, more utilitarian content would would have a destination to a website like... You know what's 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 the uh, what was the last stats of a particular sports game, right? Well, that's actually being curated and put on the on the SERP itself because it does not need to have a destination. So Google is already trying to be in that space of more and more helpful, and the only way to win this game is to give as much information about subject matter expertise so you can help people make a decision. Yeah, yeah, your your content gets curated into some featured snippets, but it's okay because there's there's a there's a relationship you're having through Google that is is demonstrating uh, a clout in the in the environment, not just traffic. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you think there will ever be a point where Google's interests will cease to align with businesses when it comes to writing that helpful content? To where like if they don't get traffic, do you think that'll ever happen? I mean. It's hard to predict. I yeah. So what does SEO look like a thousand years from now? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I guess I'm just curious. You know, if you think it, at some point uh, does that affect the business model of the entire industry to the point where it's not that in best interest to optimize for that? You know, I'm just curious. But I think we're already in that space where Google is kind of pulling, is untethering from its known subject matter. It's mm-hmm. learning enough. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a p- couple perfect examples of the knowledge panel, the sidebar on the right-hand side, mm-hmm. uh, regarding uh, a description of London and France, I believe, or France or Germany. Um, and there was no content that it was cited. Uh, it actually wrote itself from its knowledge of citable, citable sites that are authoritative sites. So all of a sudden, this new content generated by the AI, right, is now on its own. It's not being curated from it. I'd, I'd argue that it is a couple of degrees of separation. But if it's writing its own stuff to help its users, at some point in time, mm. it's not going to want to send traffic to websites because it knows what it mm-hmm. needs to actually present to the users. So right. mm. I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know how best to describe it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's it's taking that knowledge almost like I mean, it's interesting you brought up AI writing and stuff because like Jasper or you know those types of things where it's like it's kind of learning from the web and then generating mm-hmm. a semi-original content based on that, and uh, that is really interesting. Just think about what the real goal is, you know, in the end. Anyway, I could go. Th- I know we're getting kind of a. Uh, 
you know, maybe a little philosophical and a little, uh, uh, what's the right word? We're kind of guessing. and yeah, scared yeah. as all get out. <laughs> we're going dark, man. We're going yeah. dark. I know. We're only, we're not that far in, but I took us here already. Um, as, as, as long as Google's listening, right, we're, we're just going to say right now, no. we are all in favor of you, Google. Please yeah. anoint our websites. Don't That's punish right. us for it. <laughs> the Google gods. How is, how is SEO? I, I feel like, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, you know, or mid whatever. I don't even know how we talk about the, <laughs> the you know, I, I felt like SEO was like all the rage, right? Like everyone was talking about SEO. Uh, I feel has SEO taken a back like seat over the past like few years, like in some ways where people aren't focused on actual SEO anymore as much as they used to. Um, I, I think. I, I kind of coined the era that you're talking about almost like the gold rush of SEO is that so many companies that that marketing companies that learned how to build websites all of a sudden all of a sudden found a brand new bucket of gold over at SEO they could they could absolutely do that for you and also open up their clients budgets another two grand each uh, and really have no idea what the hell they were doing either right right. Um, right. I'm not bitter about that at all. Um, I have follow-up <laughs> questions actually about that. I'm glad you brought that up, but I'll, I'll hold um, them for a second. But uh, there, was a, there was a mad dash, and obviously there was a lot of black hat in the game and a lot of link building, which was kind of the only way for Google to understand authority at the space, right, was with, with the links and the and the the uh, the inbound references, and then they swatted all that away with Google algorithm changes, so they kind of punished all the players, the the the, the players in the game. Um, Google, SEO has always been there, and it's always had a uh, a uh, backdrop or a a, uh, a uh, stage of of logic and relationships to other information. It's always been there. It may have actually been seen as something else, but. I think the disbursement that you're talking about, people not actually fan of the flame, is because it hasn't been providing as big a jumps as um, it had in the past. If you're tr- if you're practicing technical SEO, you're not seeing a sizable change anymore. Um, Google is a good a good deal more forgiving on a lot of uh, technical faux pas that a site might have, as long as it sees good content. So it's kind of shifted its way around. Um, uh, not penalizing, but not not uh, digging in and and uh, um, valuing a lot of technical changes anymore. It's really looking at the subject matter of the content itself. It's much more focused there, and that's where the thinning of the herd really happens because BS artists that can say marketing spin have no knowledge on real subject matter. So it may have very well been over the course of the last five years that there's a departure of the rats leaving a ship because they think it's sinking. It's not. It's because those rats didn't know how to even communicate to Google the way a subject matter expert should. Boy, it's I'm almost just, like... Yeah, this is good. This is good. No, it's like almost like the black hat, all the like the scammy, all, all the yeah. like the scammy techniques stopped working. And so a lot of people are like, oh, well, this is actual hard work to create good content. Maybe I should uh, go. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm just saying let's, you can't really game good content. That's totally different than trying to, st- you know, keyword stuff. Or no, but you can run the, over to Google ads and start spending yeah. money over there. No, and, for and, sure. You know, pull, pull the big lever and try to mm-hmm. try to see a few coins fall out, right? Right, right. I, I, but I mean, th- this all mirrors 
real world in a particular manner is that if you're if you if you're good at what you do, you stay on it, you spend time, you invest time in that over time, right? The world will know mm-hmm. because you're cited that you're referenced. And that's really what Google's trying to parallel is, hey, if you've got authority out there, if you've got expertise, authority and trust, the whole EAT acronym, right? It mm-hmm. will it will benefit you because you've done the hard work, right? There's no gamification here. Mm. Along with right. that, when you're talking about those, you know, different, you know, less reputable strategies and things like that, what what can people look out for? What are red flags when you talk to, like, let's somebody, some, say someone is looking for an SEO expert, sure. um, like, what are red flags to look out for? What are good signs, you know, of, of how they, what's realistic for them to be promising you? And obviously, I know you all offer those services too, so I'd love to hear about how your approach works with that. But I'll just like, sure. what, what, what should people be looking out for and when they're looking for help? Well, uh, well, first and foremost, if anybody says that uh, they can do get you on page one for $300 a month, run away from that because it's not <laughs> yeah. real. Anybody who promises uh, a particular ranking, you move away from because there's no promise on that. We all know that Google changes based on your location, based on your searching habits, right? So it's a mashup. There's no... I mean, you can track a lot of different positions, but you, you track clusters of ranking. You don't track a trophy word at a page one, you know? Got it. Yep. So those type of promises need to be um, looked at a little a little bit more sternly. Um, I think if uh, anybody's talking about in-link, uh, uh, not in-link, <laughs> everybody's talking about inbound links that uh, are... Uh, kind of connected to particular scores of a website, right? Move away from that. There's no such thing as DA, domain authority. There, there, there's expertise in that space, but there's no no qualification there. Um, and if they talk to you about building so many links over a particular period of time, that's also a bit erroneous because the link pursuit, earning links is probably the most difficult factor of, of organic uh, optimization. And you have to have a relationship with the different, the different trade organizations and blogs out there to be able to create useful, helpful content. That takes a lot of hard work, and you're not going to be cranking through 100 links in six months. That's, all, that's also disingenuous. So all of those, right. yeah, you need links, do that. Well, it may take you 40 to 60 hours to secure a link because you got to write good content that that site's users hasn't see, haven't seen before. And it takes a lot of effort. So any anything that seems quick and cheap is at least one of those, right? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Exactly. Um, any other red flags? Well, I mean, if... if uh, if they're making promises of of growth in 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 organic traffic without an actual strategy to to back that up, right? I mean, you, you have to you have to trust a bit inside of the SEO world because it is an intangible thing. But you need to be able to be armed with. Um, yep, I call BS there. You know, you ha- you have to have the knowledge of how can you make those promises. If, if anybody's making a promise, I guess, maybe, how about that? It gets down to it. Yeah. If you're making mm-hmm. a promise on something, 
how in the world can you even promise something that changes all mm-hmm. the time? Right. So that's it's kind of a piece of integrity. Like it's like, hey, if they really know how SEO works, then they're going to have the and they have integrity. They're going to be honest with you about what results they can actually. So either they don't know enough that they are promising something they can't actually deliver, or they're being disingenuous because they can't actually guarantee results. That's yeah. yeah. They, they really don't even know. So then, yeah. You know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say then, so then how does somebody say as an agency, you want to start adding SEO services to, you know, your business? How do you monetize that in a way where you can, you know, for right, you know, for most people, right? It's like, hey, I can build you a website. I can make you a video. I can make you a podcast. Here's the product. This is what you get. But with SEO, there's like this weird, like, well, we could do these things and hopefully you'll show up and more. It may work. It may not work. 10 grand a month. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's there at the core of it are, are um, truths inside this profession. And um, the more clear you can, more in focus, you can represent the, the client to Google. It will actually, it will actually su- succeed. The more you can disambiguate the the client, the entity, the brand that you're representing, that will actually actually succeed and pass that value over to rank. So uh, the knowledge graph is a space in which Google's learning everything about everything and it has put an ID to these things. And if you can stoke, if you can clear and clear up and disambiguate information about this brand, the knowledge graph grows and it actually learns to trust more and more that brand, right? And disambiguation and clarity come in the in the in the packages of on-site content as well as off-site content, as well as social signals, as well as um, author- authoritative clarification. So, for example, if you're writing a blog, you should have a, an author page about this person with structured data below it that actually shares with Google before it even has to read the content who this person is, who they are out there in the marketplace. This is the same as person that's also on this Twitter channel. So you're disambiguating this and, and, and helping Google understand all the pieces that make up this brand. So the effort is to actually bring clarity and subject matter expertise. That lifts all boats. So as as soon as you as you're unclear to Google, right? If you're unclear to Google, we're gonna clear we're gonna clean you up. And, and make you more presentable and make you more authoritative. And that translates into mm. organic traffic. Then you can measure that organic traffic as long as the client buys into, wow, I didn't realize that Google didn't know me as a business owner, right? So that's kind of the while you're still friends conversation that you have is like, it's not about ranks over here. It's about clarity. And there is a needle that actually demonstrates clarity, and that's the knowledge graph itself. You stoke that thing up over time for the company as well as individuals in the company. That all translates into more organic visibility and quality leads coming into the website. I'm seeing what I'm hearing what you're saying is almost like not promising the end result, but like, hey, I know what we need to do strategically to give you better chances. And it's to create clarity around who you are, what value you offer. And then when I introduce you to this room of people, instead of you just speaking gibberish and people not understanding what you offer them, instead you're speaking very clearly and making a compelling offer. And now, hey, that's going to increase your chances of getting more business. Yep, absolutely. 
It's all about clarity. So, I mean, to the point, how do you monetize it? There are pieces that go into, there's a there's a stage one, stage two, stage three type of, of process here. All those have efforts and all of those can actually be isolated with the time it takes to do this, this, and this, right? So then, as long as you have buy-in from the scene levels and then they actually understand, oh, this is how you make this entire argument, then they understand how that sausage is made. They don't have to see everything. But then you can give them, hey, we were able to disambiguate you from these particular citations out here. We've cleared that up. This is a new factor. This is a new score. And, I mean, there's plenty of tools that help communicate that to the client as well. So just don't look at, at keyword ranking as the, 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 the full-on goal because it's mm-hmm. always a mulch out there. But clarity is, is king. Yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. What about content? You know, we hear the word content all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I feel like someone who's a copywriter, they hear the word content and they think like blog posts and copywriting. And then, you know, we create podcasts and videos. And so I think content is podcasts and videos. So what does that look like? And does do you think there's certain content that is more favored in the SEO world than others? Oh boy! Um, so you know those paintings that um, if you they're 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 patchwork of all these different types of 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 pieces, and if you if you look at it too closely, you're just seeing this piece and this piece. And I think of like a Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. like uh, a mosaic painting that yeah yeah like a mosaic right. You're you're so close, you really don't understand it. But as you back up, right, the picture comes into the full on picture comes into it. That's what. Content's all about content. Google gets a picture of you from your podcast, gets a picture of you from your video, gets a picture of you from your blog content. It's not wholly relying on that blog piece. So all the pieces that you do with your podcast and curate it and move it into different spaces are conveying a picture, right? So Hmm. the more you can actually curate it and repurpose what you do on this podcast uh, in different channels and different mediums, right? Google's understanding that, but more so, Google's about to roll out MUM, which is a, a multimodal environment to be able to meet the needs of the user based on their preferences of, of type of content. If you're, if, if you're listening more than you're actually watching videos, Google is actually going to be presenting more audio content in your search query over time. So it's mm. going to know it, how to personalize it, but for it to know what you're looking for, that content needs to be out there, right? So if you're mm-hmm. moving into the omni-channel with all the different things that you can curate and repurpose in different spaces, then you're going to meet the preferences of that digital consumer the way they want to actually meet you. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. This is great. I, you know, It's funny be, because I just never, I've never looked at it like that, like a picture, you know, and it, like if you step back and being able to see the the whole picture is made up of all these little pieces of things. And I think that, you know, in, in the past, I, you know, I think it's just like, Oh, SEO is keywords, you know, and that's, that's right. just it. And you're just trying to optimize for keywords, but really it's about really thinking about who that end user is and creating different types of content that build that picture that mm-hmm. then serve that end user the best. And then Google 
essentially using you and your content in order to provide a good service to their customer who's using their platform. Think about this is that that keywords are derivative of the concept of a thing. Okay. The concept of a thing Mm -hmm. is what Google's trying to understand. It's not trying to understand your keywords on the page. It's understanding, are you actually talking about a thing? And if you're talking, if you're really talking about a thing, an entity, a brand, a product, a, a person, any of that, it also understands the constellation of things around it and the connectivity of that. So you've got a node that mm-hmm. surround your each and every one of you, and Google actually understands there are different relationships there. If you can paint that picture with the content in that omni-channel space, right, it's understanding that you know the subject matter and you're also connecting it to, connecting that medium to the users that it's understanding want to, want to know more. So... Uh, keywords have 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 always been a a success factor of SEO, and if you think about it, keywords were signals of a thing. And if basically if you were optimizing your things correctly, then the, then the keywords were all the little tendrils of oh yeah that cluster is moving. That means that object that we're trying to talk about is actually taking off further and further. That's kind of the picture. Is that you you can't get married or you can't you can't tie into a keyword as much as the cluster of information that you're trying to create has an ascendance. And you can actually absolutely see that in Google Search Console and keyword tracking. You just It's not about word choice. It's about subject choice and making sure that you know all the different pieces about what you're talking about. And it's almost, I'm imagining, it's probably not a great analogy, but almost like an iceberg, like there's this entity or this thing, and then there's these keywords above the surface, or maybe it's just like Google's seeing these uh, keywords as evidence to what the real entity is in a way, and you're trying to lay out good clues to what you really, what you're really trying to show them and what you really are. Isn't it interesting is that, that the more and more we talk about this, we're finding metaphors and analogies to be able to paint that picture visually in our mind because it's not a measurable thing but we all understand what we're talking about the measure is how how we've seen things digitally come to pass and we're all, we're all trying to find you know the the corners of the room in in this this type of communication uh, goal here right and that's where we started this discussion about philosophy that's how it ties in for me is that this has always been a philosophical pursuit of information. It hasn't been a tactical pursuit. See what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and when we were talking about, um, you know, just bring it to the practical level for our, our listeners, um, you know, I, I like to think about the 80-20 rule a lot. Like, what's the 20% of effort you can put in to get 80% of the results, you know? And also, keeping in mind, a lot of our listeners probably don't have a lot of knowledge about SEO or technical expertise. So if you were to think, what is, like, some um, small pieces they could do that are kind of, like, the basics that could get them, start getting them results? Like, what would be some key things they could be thinking about you know, for their own websites, if if they don't have the ability to hire someone to help them at this point, I'm going. I'm going to challenge your initial pre- uh, precept there. They do know about SEO because they know their own subject matter. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. SEO is merely the conduit. They know their own subject matter. So the m- most important thing I would recommend is record yourself. Have a conversation with one of your star employees in the or- in an organization. Talk about a topic. 
interview them just like this and unpack some information because as soon as that comes through and you're actually not worried about the syntax, but you're actually worried about the content, then, then you have it on in a recording or a video like this, then use it in the different medium. Transcribe it, take that content, move it into blog content, use it for social media. All this has the underpinning of your subject matter expertise, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way of thinking about it, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's just about unpacking it because business owners, unfortunately, are the worst at conveying information uh, in, a, in a way that can be curated and processed, um, although business owners love to actually talk about what they do, right? Right. So get them on the mic and yeah. light them up mm-hmm. and say, hey, so we have a practice here at the, at the shop where we do just that. Now, we, oh, really? we've had 10, 10 years of, of, of the broadcast that we do, and we built a studio here to actually provide podcast production, right? But our methodology here at the shop, we'll actually go through an interview process where we're researching people also ask questions, we're researching competitors out there, and we come stacked with a lot of, a lot of questions and then we go through an interview process for two and a half, maybe three hours, and just kind of navigate it, flow with the conversation as as the as the as the subject matter expert kind of leans over and starts showing passion in a particular area. We unpack that and go with them and ask more questions. I'm armed with a couple of different research screens as we're talking to them. Say, so, oh man, he's going over here, and then I unpack all these other questions that I hadn't even intended to, but. Now we're locked and loaded to be able to follow him in that narrative, right? Him or her in that in that space. So out of that comes their knowledge, their passion. It's it's a fluid conversation, and I mean it's kind of like you're just putting buckets under the table, and it's like manna from heaven. Everything's coming in. It's their <laughs> content, their subject matter knowledge, yeah. and on top of that, their tone of voice, which is incredibly important whenever you're moving that back into the site or social media because you've got that that north star of their passion, their why statement that actually underpins mm-hmm. everything. I, I love that approach because in my experience, you ask a business owner, what do you do? Their first answer is not helpful at all. And you, the, right. you say it's usually has a lot of jargon and you're like... Then you just ask them, well, what do you mean by that? What does that actually mean? And then they explain it again in like terms that most people can understand. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> and so just, I love that idea of really digging in. And then, so you're saying from there, you can take that, those different topics and almost break them out into blog posts or podcast episodes or whatever from there. I, I love that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. It's uh-huh. awesome. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for being on the show. This was extremely educational, inspiring, and I feel like I got a lot of good stuff from this to kind of go implement in my own business and then giving me ideas for things to do with clients. So this has been super helpful. I I really appreciate it. You know, uh, we take some good notes and try to get some top takeaways from this episode that we can give people at the end. Ben, what do we got for everybody? Well, I got a few things here um, and feel free to correct me if I get any of this wrong. But uh, so you said the SEO is all about clearly representing your business to Google and other search engines. Uh, Google is trying to understand a thing or an entity. So you want to just help it understand. 
Um, if a promise from an SEO firm sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, your, your goal should be able to create helpful content for your potential customers. And believe it or not, you actually do know about SEO because you know your own expert subject matter. Boom. Boom. Aaron, also, we like to leave people with one good takeaway. Um, and so if someone could actually do something with SEO that would help them right away, what would that one thing that you would recommend them do? What would that be? Uh, structured data. Get schema on your website. All right. Google it. Structured data. <laughs> it's easy, easy, to, easy to implement. All right. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this, uh, The Friday Habit. Um, where can people find you if, uh, if they want to get in touch and, and maybe work with you or just uh, follow you and, and listen to your show? Well, if you Google Best SEO Podcast on Google, you'll find us right there at the top. <laughs> That's Best SEO Podcast, Best SEO Podcast, Best <laughs> SEO Podcast. That was a good uh, flex. Find, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can find uh, find us at Edge of the Web Radio. Uh, and on top of that, you can find our company at Site Strategics. And uh, we got we got some stuff out there that, that is useful for this education. That's one of the most important things. We try to educate on a regular basis. We got 540 episodes of Edge of the Web. Go check that out. We're really proud of who we've been, been blessed to be able to speak with. And I'll speak from personal experience. It's a great, great show. I highly recommend. Thank you, sir. And don't forget to head over to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. There you can also find links to our website and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcasts app. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record us a quick voice memo and send it to a hello at thefridayhabit.com. And remember, until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.